Yeah, welcome once again to the An African Conquering the World podcast. This is episode 12 of 54. 54 episodes being one episode a week for a year. Um, but we're going to take a two weeks break during the Christmas period. Thank you for your support. Thank you for, for tuning in every Friday and giving me a few minutes of your time to talk about architecture and architectural theory and the hopes that we have to make a better city and indeed a better economy for Africa and the world. Today we're going to talk about the present and to to do that I'm going to just make a list of buildings that people should check out and kind of books that you should read while discussing the subject of nowness. So a couple of years I was, I was in, in Venice for the Biennale and I stumbled on, on, on two churches that really made me, made me feel the, that beauty that, because I mean in Venice everybody likes to talk about uh, San Marco and the, the square, the San Marco square and you know and the Doge's Palace and all that. But I found the, 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 the churches, SS Giovanni and Paolo, which are kind of hidden away in Venice. I, it, 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 like I was coming from, from another part of Venice and I stumbled on it. Being that I, whenever I'm in Venice, I, 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 I only walk around. I never use the, the gondolas for, for movement. I prefer to walk because the city is optimized for walking. But talking about Venice, um, don't you think that all those cities, Venice, Paris, beautiful cities, Rome, all those cities, don't you think that they are an impediment of, for us creating new iconic cities? Don't they feel like, for those of you who've traveled there, don't they feel more like museums of the 15th century than they do feel like cities of today? Like, I feel like that with Venice. I believe that Venice is a museum. And it kind of... There's a lot of... The problems of Venice... Because Venice has a large debt that it, 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 owes, the, it owes the banks because of its... Um, uh, what is shoring, shoreline project. And also, of course, because of the new transportation system that they installed in Venice. So the, the price of transportation keeps going up. And also the price of accommodation for the owners of the houses in Venice keep going up. So workers in Venice have to live outside Venice to 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 work in Venice. It's a big problem there. But I, 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 after being in Venice for three three times or so, two three times, I I realized that, and I, I'm trying to understand the the building code of the existing city. What I realized was that the city is a city in, co- in conservation, which means that you can't add new things to the city. And when, when, when a city, or in fact, if you imagine like a tree, for instance, when a tree stops being able to grow internally, when new things stop being able to be added to a tree, the tree dies, and it dies a horrid death. So even if it's a standing tree, it's a tree on its way to oblivion. So it's almost like um, it's like it's like a sculpture of the tree, less than it's a tree itself. This is the problem in Venice. 
because of its inability to expand and inability to live in the now, Venice has become a museum of the 15th century and of the worst things of the 15th century. So a beautiful place that constantly is sinking underwater and um, with buildings that are mostly built of mud. Venice is not, in my books, one of the greatest cities in the world because it doesn't embrace the now. It's more of a museum and I think that if, if we want to have cities as museums like that, we should encourage people not to live there so that they become like stage sets for, for people to live in. Another city like that is the center of Paris. Now, Corbusier, at, in, in, the, in the early 20th century, had designed the plan for, for a song for the center of Paris. He wanted to scrape most of it, only keep the monuments that are actually monuments, scrape most of it and build towers in it. I mean, that, that plan was a little bit iffy, but he had a point to a certain degree. And that point is this, Paris, as beautiful as it is, the center of Paris, the Louvre, and all those nice buildings, and, and they're inaccessible to the common man, in the sense that you can only go there to visit, to see these things from the outside, but you can never afford to stay in them. It's, it's funny how the newer buildings and the newer parts of the city are even cheaper and more accessible than the older parts of the city. So in Paris, I, I don't really like the, the, the design of the Louvre, neither do I like the Eiffel Tower. That is, I don't dislike the buildings, but I don't dislike them, but they're not, they're not the things that um, catch my fancy in Paris. I like Christian de Poisson Park's um, building near the Arc de Triomphe. I can't quite remember the name right now. And I also like a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of buildings that you see and a lot of environments and a lot of um, kind of interventions that you see that are beautiful. But my best building in Paris is Centre Pompidou. Not just because of all the myriad of praise that it's, it's received and it's high-tech nature and all the free space and all that, but because... It created a moment in life that was based on the on the needs of the of the now at that time, and that those needs of the now had, uh, have been able to translate themselves into a future. Also, it's the free the freedom that that construction has created. That you have something that's light and free in the middle of such a dense city that makes, creates a moment in the city that people can, that liberates lives. I mean, the, the Pompidou is such a beautiful museum, but it's actually just a warehouse built with high-tech, uh, uh, high-tech, high-tech uh, structure, but it's, it's, it's a warehouse done amazingly well. I love that uh, building. It's, it's something that uh, if you're in France at any time, you need to check out. Also, um, like I was, I was talking about uh, museum, museum cities, another one of them is Rome. 
Rome is a beautiful city, but I think that the, the Italians understand that their city is a museum, so they, they kind of live outside it and leave the center of their city for tourists to to have a field day within it. So in Rome, you're 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 running around in the middle of the city and you're seeing you're seeing how the ancients lived, but the, the, it's unlike Paris. The, the, the need to live within the buildings that our ancestors lived is, is a need that I can never understand. I, I like the fact that we conserve the buildings as a show of history for future generations, but I think that when a building serves its purpose and dies, which is a point of death, it should be allowed to die naturally. Um, some years ago, I was in Santa Barbara to lecture, and also Santa Barbara was such a museum city. It, it was, it's a typical American city for rich people. It's not beautiful in the sense of New York. It's quaint. It's small, and the buildings are low, and the, the, the buildings are chasing after a past that we have no access to. And are running away from a future that we can't determine its out its outlook. So the its architecture freezing people in the past or in a moment in, in, in life that might never have existed like that. I dislike that city with passion. Um, it's something that we need to try to always avoid. So the lesson of this is as architects we need to stop trying to reenact the past. The job of architecture is to create for the people of now so that they can push their lives into the future. This is the reason why the argument from us all the time should be to make systems, environmental systems to enhance people's lives. Another way to look at it is this, and I think it's a favorite of mine to say that architecture should focus on understanding the opportunities of now. So nowness should be the theme of all architecture and all architectural thinking. We have to understand how typologies are being developed around us every day in places that, in far-flung places that we don't typically take uh, cognizance of because in those places, people are forced to live just like how uh, ancients would live within the environment. So because of that, and the hardships around them, they find figure out nifty ways to use existing infrastructure and things like that to make new typologies of architecture that increase the efficiencies of those cities. Those are things that places like Venice can do, and that's this is why, as, as an architect, I'm more of a mega city architect than a, a, a normal everyday kind of city architect. So we need to learn from these kind of developments. And therefore, architecture must remain in the now. Architecture must run away from trying to evoke things from the past and also try to shy away from overly trying to grab a future that we don't know the parameters of. Thank you for listening. Um, our next episode will be in January. So Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all. Um, this is an African Conquering the World podcast. It's been nice being with you for the last uh, few months of the year. Episode 13 will come in the first week of January. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at AACW Podcast. Give us a like and a follow. 
and also comment on our page uh, and also share this amongst your your network thank you for listening again merry christmas and a happy new year thank you